0: What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain podcast registered from Amazon
0: Music. Playing the latest episode.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup, and that coffee is best 2 to 14 days after it's been roasted. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the back. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E ecom
0: What's happening, people? What you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest podcast in the land. We're with the dopest topics, the rawest opinion, giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Dead Press. We're giving sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On this episode, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the devastation of Black Wall Street and much more. Big prayers. what's happening, baby? Man, dude, just chilling, bro. How's the week been? Busy, man. I was out there in the front lines with... Nobody to fight with.
1: Well, that's good, man. Hope it stays that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> man. Hopefully, them.
1: Hopefully, them dudes in them red hats, man, behave.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we see. We we'll see what's gonna happen, man.
1: <laughs> I know they' mad right about now, man. Yeah, they, 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 they not feeling too good right now. Um, and so I had to drive down to uh, Springfield this week for work, and I was going through some of those rural areas, and I was kind of like, man. I saw those flags up. I was like, man, I don't know how this election is going to go, but (laughs) I was a little uncomfortable. I was like, let me get from back down here and get back to Chicago.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, you was driving south. Mm -mm. Yes,
1: sir. Yep. All on that, uh, that, all on that 55.
0: (laughs) Man, I know you. I know. I know if you had flashbacks, I know you had it there, man.
1: (laughs) Man, you know what? It reminded me of when we was when we were coming up, man, and we used to take those trips back and forth from colleges and you know stuff. We would dance back everything at that age. <laughs> and we were lucky. <laughs> Ooh,
0: listen, man. I'm glad you, you you made it there and back in one ple- one piece. You ain't had no, you know, no big problems, or anything like that. Nah, man.
1: I uh tended to, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I Want we'll to get back home safe, you know that's that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> but but to what we were saying though is about this election, man. This has been the longest fucking election in the history of U.S. elections, and we finally have a winner. God, Joe Biden has God. been elected number forty six. All right, man, what so you like think me- about that shit, man? I'm like, man, this is crazy.
0: Well, man, congratulations! Big big shout outs to Big Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, man. Congratulations to both winning the president and the vice president and Man, I know you got some big stuff to clean up, big mess on the floor. You got to mop up and stuff. But you know, I, I, we have confidence. You guys can do it. So, man, congratulations, you guys, for for winning.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, dude, Jules, we talked about on the podcast how important this election was, and it looked like our country answered the bell. Right? This has been the most people that have voted in an election in history, and Joe Biden got the most votes ever in history. And yeah. what I will say about that is. That's huge, man, because that's going to show you that people took things seriously. Uh, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, we realize that this country got away from what it really, what really mattered to this country. And I think that the American people want something different. I've been basically critical of Biden and his past to a degree. I'm going to say this. At least he's a decent man. And at least he seems like he stands for wanting to unite this country. And I'm all for that because after what we've seen these last four years of this divisiveness and this division, this country has never been so divided. And this is speaking about a country that's been steeped in racism and civil rights injustices. And the fact that I can say in 2020, we've never been this divided. That should tell our listeners everything that this four years has been as far as this country and its direction. You hit that screw on the the head there, man, because what we can talk about.
0: Civil War, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> the last right maybe person, right yeah body, like that you know two guys two uh uh opposing uh, people but from one st- uh, one state uh one uh, united states of america one country and stuff like that and going at it and stuff i mean yeah i'm like you man dude we ain't never seen something like this in all our lives man where people just angry Race, race and gets race and right your own race and oh old oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> people just divide it man <laughs> and this day and age you need somebody uh this time you need somebody in office that will lead not just certain group of people or age or race and this and that but but all people like you saying so I heard some people this is the, the divided states of America. No this should be the United States of America. We need somebody in office that will put that into you know, the atmosphere. Listen, this is a United States. We're gonna unite everybody. Not everybody's gonna, you know, agree, but we, we should be able to to bring stuff to the table and kind of, you know, work together and, and go forward and building better relationships with all people and stuff like that. It it's it should be that way. But you know, we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, it should, man, because we talked about it on our last episode, how COVID-19 has affected all of our day to day lives. Right. And we've seen on Trump's watch how he's had no answer resolve. And it almost kind of feel like he just kind of like quit on basically trying to get this thing kind of figured out. He just kind of like just said, fuck it. Right. Um, (laughs) But to your point, Jules, people are hurting. Mm -hmm. We got people that are jobless, people that are struggling, people that are getting evicted, people that are losing their homes. We even got people dealing with mental hurdles of our so-called new normal of everybody just you know, used to be at home and things being kind of under lockdown. And I'm going to say this, bro. I'm just going to go in for just a quick second. OK. The go fact ahead. with Trump, when he demanded that they stop counting votes, if that wasn't the weakest shit I ever fucking heard of in my life, this guy's supposed to be the guy that he, he campaigned on the fact that he was different. He was going to be somebody that wasn't going to quit. But then he's telling people to stop counting votes, and then we have these fucking idiot people on his side that are going to these voting centers, and they're basically demanding that people stop voting. What when have we ever seen a situation where we don't want everybody's vote to be counted? Is that democracy? Because it don't feel like it to me. And that's not being a leader. It's no, sickening. No. You know, with COVID, you know they they
0: open up this they open up where you can you can do mail in or so drop off or whatever. Maybe Trump got some information that is not looking good for him with, with the mail-in voting. That, right. You know you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe he got some intel like, dude, you're going to lose with this this mail-in voting. And you know what? I come to find out and realize people don't want to go and vote in person. They'd rather mail it in because the number, we don't even have the number yet, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it. But those states that he was winning in, before they did the mail, count the million voting.
1: Right. My God. Yep. My I, I, I dropped my ballot off, man. I did, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I did the same you thing. I but you, I'm yeah, telling you. I did the
0: same thing. I filtered out at home and went up to a little place and dropped it off. I was like, okay, cool. I ain't got still no line. I ain't got to give my name and this and that. I was like, okay, cool. So they might get
1: something with this, yeah, <laughs> this million voting. Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing. You, you're totally right about that, man, because when we were watching the election on, was it Tuesday night? Well, you saw that Trump jumped out to a lead and he was leading in a lot of those key mm-hmm. states. And I was sitting there in my head thinking, man, what the fuck? This shit again, bro. I'll say this in 2016, Jules, when Trump uh, went up against Hillary, and I wasn't like the biggest supporter of Hillary or anything like that, but I was still shocked that she didn't win. Even though she won the popular vote, she didn't win the Electoral College. And, oh, Jules, actually, one thing I was going to ask, right. you, what are your thoughts on that Electoral College? I, I just wonder. Is that something that we should like look at? Because it seems like it's kind of outdated. You know what? My my whole
0: thought of it is I don't know what to think. (laughs) I mean, how does it okay? You get these states, they get certain points, some is worth greater than others. I don't know how you how you break that down. How do you get these points? And I have no idea. It's something to look at, and people need to explain it better. Because what is it? I think you know, Pennsylvania is 20. You know, them swing states. You yeah. know, that that will make and break you. That'll make you break you. But, you know, that's something to definitely, definitely look at, man, because me. Well, you know what? Maybe they don't want somebody in there that's that can get in there that don't that's not a politician and that don't know how to lead and this and that. Well, damn. Wait a minute. Then what happened last time? <laughs> but but uh, with the popular right. vote, maybe you get somebody in there, you know, that's popular. That win, but don't have but it's not credible to become the president. Brother, I don't know, man. I I don't have an
1: answer for you. Yeah, I would just say this, man. Uh, for me, when I look at that, I think it should be a system where we're just basically like, hey, whoever's got the most votes, they win, right? Let's just let's just do a situation where more is greater, and let's keep it moving because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this electoral college thing is just—I don't know. When I look at these last couple of elections, and I'm like, I just I don't get it. I don't understand the rhyme yeah. and the reason. I'm, or,
0: you know? Yeah, I'm like you. The popular vote, electoral vote, what's first of all, how do you, like, how do you, you know, separate that? Like, okay, this person had more popular vote, but this person had more of the electoral
1: votes. How do you separate the two? Like, electoral college, uh, it was framed uh, in the U.S. Constitution. And it was basically that way of basically making sure that the popular vote wouldn't be the only way that uh, a president would be elected, you know, so... I think we need to figure something else out because <laughs> it may be about that time. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, uh, this right. this electoral college has been going on since man the early days of, of our of our democracy. We have to look at
0: it and see is this the best way moving forward in the future for uh, voting for the presidency and and or is it time to shake things up and let's work out some easier, better, you know, where like you said, the most votes the person with the
1: person with the most votes win. This is the thing. So the way that I understand the electoral college system to work is that each state. So as you mentioned with Pennsylvania, how they have 20. So they get a certain number of electors uh, based on the number of representatives that they have in Congress. So basically, that's kind of how they get their their number of delegates, as they call it. Um, OK, so that's how that works. And so okay. but it just kind of just seems to me it's like it's kind of convoluted. And, and, and the point that I was getting ready to make, though, about the elections 2016, I was shocked. Uh, that Trump, you know, beat Hillary. Um, But this election, the thing that kind of started me, uh, Jules, and I want to, you know, kind of get your thoughts on this. When I saw how close this election was, I still was a little concerned. And what I'm concerned about is that there's 70 million people in this country that support a man like Donald Trump. And Mm -hmm. like I said, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, but as a person, what he has shown you to be. This man is... You have to like take people for their words because mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. words speak louder than his actions, because a lot of people will say, oh, well, Trump did this for you know criminal justice reform and he did this. But then you have to listen to the rhetoric and the things that he puts out there. And that type of stuff takes away from any sort of thing that you've done criminal justice wise. But I want to just kind of get your thoughts on how you feel about, you know, what you saw with the numbers and, um, you know, how you feel about 2020 and, and what, this election says about uh, the direction of our country.
0: Well, it, it it showed me that hell, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of folks that think like them. There's a lot of folks that's like them. Right. I, I, shit, it is what it is. <laughs> man, we got a lot of people in this America who feel the same way this 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 man feel. So, like you said, this man divided the country. Talk about the proud boys and 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 other things, and instead. He using what black issues and gender, social uh, injustice reform and, and 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 police reform and all that stuff, and helping the Ice Cube and all that stuff. All that stuff is well and good. If you don't have the heart and the feeling to to really do this, if the heart is not there, then all that is just smoke and mirrors, like you, as you said. I think that was well said. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I have to. I'm, I'm sorry, people. You know, sometimes I have to stop and think because. It's, some of this stuff is just, is sickening and you you almost get, you have to calm down, you know, because I don't understand. I'm like you. Right. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, understand. I don't either. And I'm glad, and I'm glad that, you know, we have somebody in here that I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's able to come in and unify everything and and not this old, same old, same old political things that politicians do sometimes. They promise all these things and <laughs> do nothing. I mean, I'm just sitting there just shaking my head. And I just, you know, with that question, man, it just just really hit me on how how much people out of here really think like him and want to keep us down. And, and it's not cool, man. It's 2020. Everybody's no, it's, it's, it's cool. enough to go around to 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 have a piece of this
1: pie, man. Like we said before, he's made it okay for a lot of these people to bring out their closeted viewpoints about people and, and lives and, and things of that nature. And that's the thing that kind of makes me sad. And also, too, Jules, the fact that he will come out after probably what you said earlier and the fact that he probably got word that, hey, man, this ain't going to look so good for you once these mail-in and these after tea ballots come in. Mm-hmm. So then what does he do? He goes to the Trump playbook, right? Then he starts saying, I'm being cheated. Uh, these Democrat uh, governors are cheating this. They're stealing the election from me. But it's so misleading because these states that he's claiming that the Democrats are stealing from him are led by Republican governors. So what the fuck is he talking about? It's so misleading, bro. It's, it's misleading. And I've noticed that not only the networks, but social media, they're not allowing him to put out misinformation anymore. He sent out like a series okay. of tweets this week and Twitter, they took him down. And everything mm. about this guy is not being presidential.
0: Man, I agree with you. I agree with you. The thing that messed up Trump was himself. He wasn't a leader. He didn't. He only lead. He's a leader to a certain certain um, group. So a certain group, he's right. a leader, but not a leader of all people and and that's the thing he needs to understand to realize what happened. He didn't handle COVID well, he didn't ha- handle the the race relations well, there were scandals and stuff that he that was going on and didn't handle those well. you know as a leader you you must learn how to be gracious and empathetic and sympathetic and and know when to speak and when not to speak and and stuff like that. You know, the qualities of, of of a leader, you know, you must be humble and and things like that and also take charge and also know when to say, hey, listen, you know what? I messed up to so hold yourself accountable and say, and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what, I got this wrong and I apologize. Those are traits of of, of a good leader. And he was just a, a good leader to a certain certain type of type type of group.
1: Well said, I want our audience to kind of listen to that point that, that Jules made there because He was president to his base, his supporters. Mm. We need somebody that's going to be a president of the entire United States of America. This country is made up of diverse people, thoughts, everything, right? So whether you agree, disagree, I hope that Joe Biden gives us the person that's going to represent our country. Because right now, we're a fucking laughingstock. And there's people in other countries that are looking at us right now, and they feel sorry for us. What the fuck? Has this country been in a situation where other countries are looking at us like, man, you guys are a joke. This man's made us that
0: way. So we got to get things back into perspective, back into balance and stuff like that. And right now it's off. The orbit is off and stuff like that. We just got to get, get it back in, in balance. Like they say, when Dark Vader took care of all the Jedi, he balanced the force or whatever. The case may be, who knows? But, you know, we just got to get things back into perspective. Man. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's all right now it's just, you know these things right here. People must understand these things that have been, haven't have come to stay. It's come to pass. You know, season change. You know, after summer there's fall. After fall is winter. Then spring. Seasons always change. They don't stay. They're not permanent. So we we don't say we're gonna be good, man. We're gonna be good. We we gonna we we moving back. We are moving to a different season. So everything's gonna be smooth.
1: Yeah, because I'll tell you one thing. One of the th- things that that was kind of for me this whole week was unsettling, Jules. Is the fact that not knowing who the winner of the election was days after the polls closed. Like that was suddenly, oh I'm like, man, this is crazy. One thing that I want our listeners to think about, and these are some people that I really want to give some props to salute to, those people working at those voting sites that were counting those votes and those ballots, and they were being intimidated. And, you know, they were up all night probably doing that stuff to get these numbers out to people. I think those people were unsung because, man, bro, that probably had to be such hard work, man, to get all that data reported. Right, right, and and not also
0: not to mention when things were swinging the other way, swinging blue, the Trump supporters they was angry, they was angry, and yep. they wanted to make sure you know Trump sued to make sure that you know I think it was Michigan, I think he was able to to have his uh his people or whatever observe and make sure the the ballots was was was
1: accurate. Right. Yeah, I did see that.
0: Yep. And that's crazy. You know, protested and, and fighting and. And just, this is, well, now uh, he's talking about suing. He's talking about recounts and stuff. So we don't know how long this is going to be. You know, this is one of them things I, w- I was just talking about, that we was talking about. Listen, if you lost, you lost. Now, you you have right to, if things were close in, in certain states or whatever, recount or whatever the case may be, that's your right. That's cool. But if you have the numbers, you get people who's, who's a professional in this and say, hey, you know what? Nah, you got your butt whooped. Well. You know, bow out <laughs> gracefully, you know, have a nice Thanksgiving, have a nice Christmas, you know, in January 20th or wherever the inauguration is. Shake the man's hand like, hey, you know what? Good job. Good race. Because this was a hell of a fucking uh, election. Yeah. And I don't I don't want another election like this one. But OK. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. And you know what? You know, set set off to the sunset, man. I mean, hell, you're 74, 75 years old. I would I am chilling. Rich as fuck. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. What, you get, you know, say you gotta take these 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 uh, these losses here, not and just look at it. Brother, not 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 a lot of people can say they was president of the United States. Right. Even though you're one-term president, not a lot of people say you're president of the United States. Dude, you did something nobody thought you would have won.
1: You know, right. it, it did. No so, kidding. You know one thing, Jules, it's kind of funny you brought up that one term president part up. So think about this. Remember when we me and you we, back in the day, we used to joke about how awful George Bush was as a president and how uh-huh. everybody kind of clowned him. Uh-huh. Well, Donald Trump has made a lot of people look back at George Bush. And I think we view George Bush a lot differently than we oh, did yeah. back then. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, right. Hey. Hey, you know, George ain't too bad, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wonder what he did. Man, chilling. Rich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking Shit. of, uh, I thought I heard Trump said that if he was lost, he was going to move out the country.
1: Yeah, he he said that shit. And I was looking on, on Twitter and I'm looking at all these people that obviously are his supporters that are all saying that they were going to move out of the country. They were going to move to like Mexico or something like that. And I'm like, and then I was looking at how the, the people from Mexico was saying, we don't want you guys here in this country.
0: <laughs> Man, this is stupid. Talk about they gonna leave and then <laughs> go to Mexico and Mexico at all places. Damn, they gonna go. They hey hey, they won't stop people from Mexico coming over. But then you gonna go over there like they gonna like they gonna
1: accept you. Nah, they like nope, nope. <laughs> you you go that way. And <laughs> hey, they tell but them they gonna build I was that just wall. Say friend.
0: Friend.
1: Yeah, he said a lot of shit and all the stuff that he said, he didn't do any of it. And I think that's the thing that we gotta look at. Like, talk is cheap. You know what I mean? And you got to actually have a plan of attack. And that's the thing that I hope with Biden. I hope that he comes out of his first hundred days. And I hope that not only he has plans, but that he has people that are willing to work with him to kind of rebuild things because things are broken. Um, Not just, you know, from a, you know, a a race type of uh, aspect of things, but economically, healthcare wise, you have a country that's divided and split right now. you got people that are hurting out here, as I mentioned earlier. And so, Biden's job is mm-hmm. not gonna be easy. And I don't and I don't wish this job on anybody because I'm telling you, I don't want his job. Mm-mm. Cause man, you coming in after <laughs> and trying to clean up after what Trump did. Shit. Ooh, that's a big mess, boy. Big, big, big mess
0: in our In mm-hmm. And our USA, boy. You need a big mm-hmm. mop and a big
1: bucket. No, <laughs> no, thanks. But I do wanna I no. do wanna salute, I do wanna salute Biden and I do wanna congratulate him and Kamala. Kamala's the first, not only African-American VP, but she's also the first woman to salute to her. I know that there's a lot of people that have, you know, questions about Kamala's past and things of that nature. But you know, hopefully she gets uh, an opportunity here to actually make some of those uh, laws and things that she did in the past. I mean, hopefully she can get in there and, you know, change things and right the ship a little bit. But I am going to give these guys the, the same benefit of the doubt that I gave to Trump in 2016. They, they okay. asked our country to be open and to give him a chance. I give did that chance. because at, at the end of the day, you got to you gotta give people a chance, right? However, mm-hmm. that chance was given. Time and time again, he did nothing with that chance. So guess what, Donald Trump, you're fucking fired. The fuck Damn. out of here, son! Well, he he predicted he was gonna win. What happened? He did. I don't know. <laughs> he claimed victory. Bro. I don't he know. <laughs> Boy, he, he he's somewhere right now playing golf, trying to get his mind right. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> when Biden flipped uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, the power at mail-in ballots, bro. Do you think they should continue with the mail-in ballots? I'll I'll say this, Jules. If Obviously, with the pandemic being one part of it, but I think that this has caused a lot of extra work um, because now you have these people that have to manually do all this work. So in that sense, you know, it seems like it's a little extra, but I'm hoping that maybe in the future we could have even a better situation that maybe people can vote online or something like that. And we can actually trust that we don't have other countries that are going to be able to hack Mm. into our systems. I think we need to be more progressive. Because okay. think about it, in this day and age, just 2020, we're in a day of technology and we're out here mailing in ballots. So let's yeah. just think about that for a second.
0: I get you. I know for my job, for our union, stuff like that, it's mailing in ballots or you can go in uh, to the office and stuff like that. But yeah, as far as signing, uh, logging on and doing online, that's something to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, but I think, think about it is, is that we, we got to protect that from outside people that want to influence things because we saw what happened in 2016 with all that kind of stuff. But I think that's a great point because I think the mail thing was good in this pandemic time, but I don't want to see this in 2024, man, because it just brings up too many things for people to question. Yeah. I'm
0: like you, man, it's too much work. I mean, I was sitting up there at work and I'm like, Oh man, this thing is in the bag. I was like, Pff. I woke up in the morning. I said, like,
1: damn. <laughs> they no I said, like, what the hell? <laughs> It was funny watching the guy on CNN because then he started writing things on the on the board. He's like, "Plus this and that." I was like, "Man, look at the mailing boats They're starting to come in."
0: <laughs> Ooh, like I said earlier, man. I guess people hey people say Ain, I ain't going out. I'm just mail this in. We can mail it in. I'm mailing this. Cool. They
1: don't want to stand in line. They probably did not want to have to be around other people. I mean, there's a lot of things that you got to consider. Mm-hmm. I know for me personally. I didn't want to be standing in a line for no hours or no couple hours. I'm like, man, time is money. I don't have time for that. I'll drop this sucker right. off and right. keep it moving. But uh, Pennsylvania, they gave the the W for for Biden. It's it's kind of interesting because I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, Trump was fighting with the city of Philadelphia online. He was making comments about their city and you know saying all kind of crazy shit. And Philadelphia was actually the city that basically gave Biden the state of Pennsylvania. So it looks like they were able to get their uh, their revenge on him. They were out mm-hmm. celebrating and, and, you know, kind of like very happy for that win or whatever. And I'll tell you one thing. When you see that basically Biden got states that Trump got in the last election, I think that shows everybody that there's a lot of people that were tired of what they were seeing and tired mm-hmm. of the direction of the country. And like I said, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. We should all be one United States of America. And I think exactly. that that should be proven today with what we're seeing
0: exactly it's 2020 well 2021 and you shouldn't have this this separation it shouldn't be divided and like that and people saw people a lot of people see through it and it's like man you know what time for a change and stuff like that and and they came out and they, and they expressed they expressed how they feel with this vote trump was He's the reason why he lost because he had some good he had some good things that he was bringing to the table but the delivery was off, like like we were talking about. Deliveries off, COVID, and and everything that he promised that he didn't do, like you said earlier, when he was running the first time, and how he was dividing everything, and people saw that and was like, you know what? Nah, we got to go a different direction here. So <laughs> yeah, man. So let's get Joe up in
1: there. And it's, it's, so the thing about it is that's important for our audience as they're listening to this episode. Trump has, through his people, have said that he won't concede and that he's going to start legal processes to contest the results in these states that uh that joe biden has been able to flip, yeah. and so we don't know what's getting ready to come from his end because right. he's been quiet and that's the thing because these next 90 days with him in his in office it's gonna be gonna be a fucking shit storm that we've never seen before and we're gonna probably hear all kinds of dangerous rhetoric and i just want our listeners out here to stay alert to pay attention to your surroundings and stay ready because we don't know what's getting ready to happen out here. I just, I just want to really make sure that people are listening to those words and you do what you need to do to protect you and your family and your homes because this is going to be a tough, I would say, next 90 days because we don't know what to expect. You would you would hope that with a rational human being that they could just take the L right off into the mm-hmm. sunset. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about Donald Trump. No, you might have to, might have to drag him
0: into the sunset. <laughs> Who knows? But what you said is 100% correct, dude. We don't. We never had anything like this before. We just want people to stay vigilant and <laughs> right? smart and stuff. <laughs> he just needs to stop delaying. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. But, you know, hey, this is him. So <sighs> we'll ride it up. Like I said earlier, man, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. It'll be yeah. all right.
1: But I would just say this, man. Um, we've basically seen that this year, like I had mentioned to you previously, this, this year is teaching us a lot of lessons, right? And I'm just really hoping that we can just get back to the point where we get decency back in this country and that basically America can kind of go back to being a place where it looked like we were making some progress towards being progressive mm-hmm. and giving an opportunity to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Not just those with privilege, not those who just have money, like for everybody. Give an opportunity to all, right? Uh, if somebody's willing to go out there and do the work and, and put the work in, then that opportunity should be there for them. They, they shouldn't be discriminated against for any sort of reasons. And I really hope that we can get back to that because, like I said earlier, this election still shows proof that this country is divided in ways. And sometimes it mm-hmm. kind of feels like these ways are imperable. We have family and friends that are at odds over the direction of the country. And you got to think about this. Not only is that divisive, but that's toxic because family sit down and disagree, right? Family... Is something that's important and you you only get one of them, right? And it's just really it's just really disheartening when you hear stories and I'm seeing it firsthand. And it's just really tough to see that kind of stuff
0: over oh, wow.
1: basically people's beliefs being different.
0: Well, hopefully that uh, you know, when transition of power here, hopefully we get to that where we can be. We won't have to agree, but at least we respect each other's beliefs and stuff like that. That's all.
1: Yeah, man. We respect yeah. each other's
0: beliefs. I mean. I mean, like, hey, if you're a Republican, you're a Republican. If you're a Democrat, conservative, liberal, fine, and it should be okay. And it should be okay. And we not should be telling each other's parts like it's 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 a like this is a game. Like you know what I'm saying? Like these folks, right. you know what I'm saying? Like even that is like weird. But you all well, different people have different beliefs, styles, and stuff like that. And
1: everybody should just respect. respect one another. That's that's the big thing. Absolutely. Well, I would say this. The one thing that I am encouraged by, uh, Jules, was the voter turnout in this election because it was huge. It was massive. We're talking about all these mail-in ballots that Mm -hmm. came in because that voter turnout played a big role in uh, Michigan and also probably is going to end up being a big role for him getting Georgia as well once all those votes get uh, counted up. But I would say this, man. America's voices have been heard, and it's now time for Biden to unite this country. And uh-huh. put his plans into place because he said he had these plans for the virus. So I want to see what he's got for it, because we've lost the whole entire year. I know one thing. Joe Biden said in that damn debate that he's going to be
0: transparent about that, Uh, about the uh, serum, the antivirus or whatever. So right, right. I, w- I want to
1: know what's in it, Joe.
0: <laughs> well, I will tell you one thing: I'm,
1: I'm I'm not taking anybody's vaccine. So, uh if there's any the of vaccine, our listeners yeah, out there, right, yeah, if if they, if they're if they're brave enough to go for that, that's cool. I'm gonna wait for that second or third go around
0: <laughs> <laughs> And he said you're gonna come out with that that Biden care. All right, Joe, we're looking at you now.
1: Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But I would just say this: you know, on the spirit of of this historic election on the spirit of this year being very, very challenging across the board, where it came to the pandemic, civil unrest that came because of uh, you know uh, social injustices that are going on of people of color, right? On our last episode, mm-hmm. we talked about the origin of Black Wall Street, which is that self-sustaining community that we talked about and how those Blacks were able to take advantage of that oil boom in the, uh, you know, in the in the early 1900s, and they built something together, right? And within this Black community, as me and Jules have both spoke about, we've lost a little bit of that pride of rising up and building, and building within our own communities, right? And so in this episode, what we want to do is we want to kind of turn the page and we want to talk about the flip side of things and let our audience that may not even be familiar with this story of Black Wall Street Just understand a little bit more about why we want to do this episode, especially during this time in our country. So Black Wall Street will always have a special place in American history. When Mm -hmm. I started learning and doing research on this years ago, it became something for me that I was almost like I told you, Jules, last time. This was something that I was never taught when I was in school. But I was really proud to know that, damn, man, we had these communities that were thriving, that we were self-sustaining, and we were basically doing it on our own. And we were able to do that in a a time where, think about this, like not too long ago, Jules, as Black people, we weren't allowed to own property. We faced violence. Uh, We had restrictions against our freedom. And we were stripped of our right to vote. That oil discovery in, in Oklahoma at the time gave Black people the economic opportunity that we were lacking during those days, right? And I will say this, even though Oklahoma during that time was a very segregated state, we were still able to build something within the, the confines of the, the way that things were back then. But as you, our listeners can probably imagine, there was probably some envy from the other side, seeing that now you have these Black people that have basically settled and has taken this, this community as their own, right? And they're probably looking at them like, I don't like what you guys are doing over there, right? So you mm-hmm. have an area of Black people that are thriving. And they were also surrounded by some people in Tulsa that weren't living those type of riches and those type of lavish lifestyles, right? So that obviously is going to bring up some hard feelings. And I would just say this, man. When we think about the devastation that became known as Black Wall Street, in my opinion, Jules, and you may have a different uh, thought process on it, but when I was doing my research on this like over the years, to me, it kind of felt like it was retaliation against the Black community because they didn't like the fact that they built something and... Mm -hmm. I think that it was kind of the early signs that we saw of how lies have been spread about our community, that we are basically like criminals and we're not doing things that we need to be doing as a people. And that's what they tried to do to those people in Black Wall Street. These people were entrepreneurs. They were successful. They kept their money within their community. And I think that Mm -hmm. because of the Tulsa time being segregated, I think that the citizens of Tulsa didn't like that those individuals came there and and they were thriving. And to the destruction of Black Wall Street, uh, Jules, you might want to even like touch in on this, but a lot of the accounts regarding what really happened seemed kind of up in the air, right? So there was an incident or an accusation of sexual assault uh, by uh, Dick Rowland uh, against a, an individual named Sarah Page. And, and Jules, I don't know if you want to pick it up from there, but that's kind of like what we saw as kind of the precursor to the violence and destruction that became known as uh, Black Wall Street.
0: Well, yeah, you know, shoeshine the name Dick Rowland, 19 years old, and he was getting on the elevator in the Drexel building. Well, the elevator operator, white woman named Sarah Page. She was 17 years old. Uh, So the stories on what happened was Dick Rowland was getting in the elevator. He tripped and grabbed her. Getting off the elevator, he tripped and grabbed her. Whatever the case may be, there was accusation of sexual assault. A witness at the nearby store heard Sarah yell and saying that what Dick did was he, he assault her and it led to rape or whatever the case may be. So cops were called. Dick was locked up. Okay. May 31st. The newspaper really played a big part in this because it was falsely uh, uh, accused that, that Dick, you know, saying assaults this girl, raped this girl. So of course there was an angry mob. So this yep. mobs, you know what I'm saying? this mob stormed this, this courthouse, okay? Well, guess what? These black people in these Greenwood District was like, wait a minute. A lot of them were World War I veterans. So they was like, wait a minute, no, we're must we going to protect this young man. They know what's going to go down. Yep. So they went up there. But the only thing is, there's only so much of them. I think there's only like 75 or 100 of them that went down to that courthouse. Well, they yeah, they, they were
1: outnumbered.
0: <laughs> yeah, they was, they was outnumbered. But, hey, man, they was, they was brave because, hey, wait a minute, no, nah, this is some BS, man. We're going we to make sure this dude have a fair, tr- fair trial. They wasn't going right. up there to buck against the system. They just want to make sure a dude was treated fairly. And then his mob was coming out, Hey, man, right. let's protect this man. OK, the sheriff came out talking about, hey, listen, man, we good. We got him. You guys can go home. Well, the mobs ended up bumping to each other. Shots went out. A couple of black people were killed, but more white people were killed in that incident. Well, guess what? We got a fucking nigger rebellion or whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and to use those terms back then, gnome days, because that's what they said. Now here comes thousands, thousands of, of white people saying that black people were killing white people and just torched the place, this Greenwood district. Straight looted, straight set it on fire, I mean, they treated like it was like it was a a war situation where they going out fighting. America's going out fighting Japan or Russia or whatever the case may be. Just left nothing, looted, looted, taking things from these hardworking people who didn't need anything from them.
1: They was jealous. Well, I'll, I'll say this, man: the accusation that was made against Mister. Rowland actually inspired that lynch mob, which included Ku Klux Klan members, right? And mm-hmm. I'll just say this, man, when when you look at that whole situation for what it was, it was tough to see all the work, like you mentioned, that these individuals basically put into that community just get fucking not only stripped away from them, but just destroyed. Right. We live in a day now where people that protest are ridiculed and mocked for fighting for justice. Those individuals that came over from that Greenwood district area were brave. Those 75 men went over there to support their brother because they knew what was getting ready to happen to him. Mm -hmm. And the media narrative of this situation basically made it out to seem that we were the aggressors. We came there to start trouble, right? There was fighting back and forth. There was shooting that was going on. And those Black individuals retreated back to their Greenwood community. And from there, that's basically where the story basically goes to where uh, Jules was kind of, you know, breaking up a second ago.
0: Some fact the matter, man. All hell broke yeah. loose. All hell.
1: Just the thing, man. They burned down those businesses, homes, and the fact that people don't talk about, they murdered hundreds of those citizens in that community. And mm-hmm. the thing about it was, if that would be you or I in that situation, your first instinct is to defend yourself, right? Right, right. Fight or flight. And, but that's what ended up happening. So for the individuals that survived, that's what they did—they left
0: mm-hmm. because
1: they pretty much burned down that community. And for the few people that that stuck around the state, they were left with nothing.
0: It's, uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to talk about this man because this right here it it's like we said this was a a, a community of nothing. Just picture this, picture this. People, I, I want you to listen. This. Town wanted for nothing. Close your eyes and act like you're walking into a town that is new, that has everything, everything. We talk about shops. We talk about dentistry. We talk about schools. We talk about churches. We talking about business. We talking about pool halls, masonries. We talk about everything. Just name it. Black people, they did it. And it was theirs. And it was all Black. <sighs> And it and somebody outside come in who it is what it is, hating, because no. they wasn't living like this. No. no. And they could be, but was they was too goddamn prejudiced and racist. You know what I'm saying? So but they want to come over here. This false accusation. Ain't that boy and touch that girl. But okay, no. this false accusation. They want to come in and because of that, they just they want to take from these people what they work hard to do. You guys got the whole goddamn country. This is just a small right. town over here.
1: <laughs> but what does that go to show you? That goes to show you that despite what history tried to do to our people, we still back in those times overcame that stuff. And they still didn't want us to have that. My God. You it talking me, about people could even have a little sliver of <laughs> just a community. Just a little piece of that the, we talked about earlier. Just a piece of the pie. Everybody
0: can have a piece of this pie but no you get you get people who just hate and they just don't want you to be uh, be on the same status as uh, like who cares we all leaving this world and can't take nothing with it with us that's why jesus said that it's easier for a camel to walk through the eye of a needle than a rich person getting to heaven you know it's hmm. it, you know you get these people that's coming over they slaughtered kids women yes. and children Yes, They hooked people up on cars and dragging their bodies through the streets. I want people to understand what happened. Right. They was burning right. down houses. Right, They took people and put them in concentration
1: camps. The yep. men. Yep. So that the yes. country can be defenseless. Yeah. They, they, they locked them up. Yeah, they would lock them up. And this is the thing. I want our listeners, if you're listening to this episode and you're really listening to this episode, I challenge you to go back and educate yourself on this story yourself, because this is still what we're going through today. And that's why we wanted to do this episode. There's so many parallels. If you are listening to the emotion that's coming from Jules right now, that is real because guess what? This is sickening, but it still happens to this day. And that is why we do this podcast, because we want to have conversations that make people think and make people realize, fuck, I didn't even know that. I didn't even think about it in that way because these people were slaughtered. These individuals that came to this this town to riot and loot and pillage used the situation of a face, a false accusation of a sexual assault. That was their Mm. excuse to come in there and fucking slaughter those people. And it's not right. And I'll tell you one thing. In today's estimate, the 16 hours of that riot, which I'm going to call what it is, it was a race riot. It caused more than $30 million in damages in today's money. Now, you guys listen to that. We had a self sustained community that would be valued today at $30 million. Now, you think about that. What did the government of, of Oklahoma do, uh, listeners? Not a goddamn. Instead, oh, I'm not sorry. A damn. I'm, I'm thing? sorry, what? Fred. Go ahead, no, man. You I'm good. just. No, you, no, no, no. Go for it because I'm going to tell you one thing. They didn't do anything. What they did do is they blamed that community for what happened to them. Ain't that a bitch? It was your fault. Right. <laughs> man, but through, that's man. what, but that's what, that's what they do today. Audience, listen to me and listen to me clearly. We didn't create these conditions. Systemic racism is what causes a lot of this stuff. This is why black communities haven't risen up. This is why black communities are filled with fucking crime and fucking despair, and inadequate uh, education systems. It's, Been generational and generational and generational of fucking poverty and despair. For the ones that are lucky enough to fucking rise above that, which what me and Jules talk about all the time, we're the lucky ones. But what Mm -hmm. about the ones that didn't get out? Talk about that, guys. That is what we want people to think about. There's people that enjoy a privilege of having wealth that's passed down from generation to generation. Well, mm-hmm. make- I commend you, and I love the fact that you have that, but we didn't have that same opportunity. We were trying to build something. Could you imagine if this Greenwood district would have been able to have thrived? We could have 10x this thing. Oh, man. Who knows how the world would have been for African Americans in that part of the country? We don't know. And that's why we want you guys to listen to this episode, and the parallels, and we're getting fired up because we know what history has done to this race. And we know that today, the way the media portrays things, it still happens. We need people to wake the fuck up and realize <laughs> what's actual versus what's fucking fake news. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. That's it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, no fake news here. I mean, dude, just to pick... Not only the Greenwood district you, got to, you know, you had the, the, the red summer of 1919, race riots all across America, all across right. America. Yeah, race riots that broke off in Washington, Tennessee, Texas, Arkansas, Nebraska, Chicago, all over the nation. Don't forget about the, the big one in Arkansas with the Elaine Massacre. 237 blacks were killed the same way as this Greenwood district. I mean, the resilience of, 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 of black people. My God, the spirit, you cannot break the spirit. You can the resilience of, what, of, of of black people, what they encountered, endured and stuff like that, and lost and shed and and fought and all of that. And they was still you can't hold them down. That's what you that's what we gotta no. take out of
1: this. That's what we gotta take out of this right here. And that's what, as black people, that's what we have to remember. We have to go back to the original resiliency that we had within this community, because that has been lost, whether right. it's been stripped away. Or whether, uh, Jules, whether it's been situations where a lot of us aren't even students of our own history. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I misquoted last week, but
0: I went back and did some research. Dude, this wasn't in your books until 2000. They didn't put this in the curriculums until year 2000. They tried to shut and
1: close this chapter from history. Ain't that something? You, you hear that, audience? When did this happen? 1921. It didn't make it into the history books until 2000. You said two years, 2000. 2000. No. wow. The- wow. I wonder what that <laughs> says. Is that because it wanted this part of American history to be hidden? Or did they not want people to know that there were Black people that were driving? It, it was all like, in your do they, did they want history to just be this? Yes. Or did they want this history to be that we just always struggled? (laughs) Yeah, right. And we're always looking to overcome. (laughs) But no, we know that's a lie because we come from kings and queens. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. But I... And and this is another thing, too, when it comes to this whole situation, right? Because we talk about in this world right now, terrorism, right? And you remember, you know, 2001, we had the the attacks that happened, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone was up in arms, rightfully so, because, you know, that was an affront to America. But this Greenwood situation was domestic terrorism. Right. No one even talked about this thing for 70 years. That is a problem. As we say about 9-11, never forget. Well, guess what? As black people, never forget Black Wall Street. Never forget where you come from. Never forget your worth. That is what I want us to remember.
0: Yeah, man, dude, you said this. you can't forget. But you take what you learn and you apply it, and you you progress and you move it and you make it work for yourself and for all people to to get ahead. Yep. That's why we've been talking about with Killer Mike and with the Mayor and stuff like that of uh, Atlanta and stuff what they're doing with their bank. That's why we yes. talk about what LeBron James and what MJ doing far as uh, with the I promise with the schools and helping out uh, Ex Offenders to pay for their right to vote, uh, to register to vote and stuff like that, and MJ giving a hundred million to. Uh, uh 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 black issues and schools and stuff like that. Cause you know what? Damn it, if we're not going to take care of ourselves, no one else will. Simple as that. And we just hope that what the what people are doing, other people will see and say, you know what, I want to help too. So that's why this is why it's so important that and I, you know, when you were talking about let's talk about this Greenwood district and stuff like that, dude. This people need to know and need to understand and educate themselves and Knowing where they at, like, what can I do? What can I do can, to make this better? You know, but you know, the messed up part is that, like you said, prayers, <laughs> when they tuck around saying, "Hey, how blacks are the ones that, who who caused this," and and at the end of the day, they send out eighty five individuals would, was indicted and nobody was convicted. Oh, what well, what happened to? If you want to know what happened to to Dick Rowland, uh, he was a he was acquitted to, because guess what, old girl Sarah Page didn't want to testify. Yeah, I wonder why she didn't want to testify. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I know why,
1: cause all is all BS, <laughs> all BS. I know exactly the road you're going down, and, and Till falsely accused. And what we see, we see street justice that was basically performed by individuals. They murdered that that kid and nothing Mm -hmm. happened to those individuals. But what I wanted to talk about real quick was the Greenwood District after that massacre, Jules. So, okay, despite all the damage that was done, do you realize Mm -hmm. that the survivors and the families that were involved, they were promised by the uh, Tulsa Race Riot Commission that they would receive some sort of, you know, reparations because they needed to replace what was taken from them. Right. They recommended that those reparations be given to any individual that lost property and proposed the establishment of a scholarship fund for kids that, you know, that were a part of that community. And while all of that stuff sounded good and fun, and, and it's, you know, you can propose this and that. And up what our point was earlier about these individuals, these politicians that, that say that they're going to do this and that and then they don't do it. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? This community, they promised these things and they didn't deliver. What the mayor of Tulsa did was is two days after this riot, instead of him basically getting the individuals that were involved in this attack and basically arresting them, what they did is they took this community from them and they wanted to convert it into an industrial uh, area. So they basically knew that this area was ripe And it was, it was a rich area that they would be able to make money and they were prosper from. So they took that area for themselves. They devalued that land that the community had. So any of the individuals that was still living that had survived that area in, in Greenwood, they were paid pennies on the dollars for their property. We talked about the damage that was done. There was an estimate up to $30 million in today's money. And mm. after the, the city devalued that land, individuals that were not black bought that land. And then, of course, what do you think happened, Jules? The area thrived again. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Almost, 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 almost got choked. Almost got choked up, knocking this microphone off, off the stand here. <laughs> oh, the old, the old, Get these people out and 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 use it for you know, we take over the land just like they did the Native Americans. God damn it!
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Like, well, I think they call I think they call that justification. I wonder where we've seen that happen in in, in our history. Let's see. Um... Well, Interesting,
0: Cabrini Green. Cabrini, what's dude, that Cabrera. area called now? Oh man, uh, I don't know what it's they, called, gonna but it's... Going. they gonna get me going. They're gonna get me going. You know, so, it's, 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 it's tripped out because when you go over, if you remember going to Cabrini Green, people in Chicago over there going to Cabrini Green, you see projects, you, you know, you used to see the project buildings, uh-huh. and stuff like that. Now, if you would have told me project buildings was there and 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 Labor Bernard Hoover was the man and stuff like that over there, you would never guess. Going
1: over there now. No. You would never guess. No, because River North is now one of the most affluent areas in this city. Man. 15, 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, yeah, you maybe, wouldn't yeah. walk over in that neighborhood. No, no.
0: No. And I had some I had some relatives that stay over there. Nope. I remember my mom yeah. used to go, we used to go over there and she was like, she when she just walked in right quick, she said, I'm I'm, I'm running, stay in the car, don't open this car door for nobody. I was like, okay. She said, I'm in and out. She wasn't playing. No wonder she was driving and
1: speeding. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom was like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh. Getting up out of here. (laughs) But the one thing that I just want, I just want our audience to listen to, we're bringing this type of stuff up. Again, the tenor of this podcast is not to blame, but it's more so to educate. So while we Mm -hmm. get fired up, it's because we've seen what has happened to our ancestors and we see that these things still happen today. And these things are things that we still want to point out to as saying we're not hopeless, but we know and we see what the fuck is going on. (laughs) We're Mm -hmm. not blind out here. Mm -hmm. And what I think that we need to do and me and Jules have talked about this on this podcast. And this is something that I'm personally going to start getting myself involved with is us building a new Black Wall Street, right? By working together, right? Because we need to reinvest in our own communities. We need to keep those dollars circulating within our community, like what happened in Greenwood, right? We got to learn how to do business with each other. We got to support each other. Stop hating on one another, right? Mm -hmm. We owe it to our ancestors who have lost their lives and their communities that day. Because I'll tell you one thing, When I read this story, and when me and you were kind of preparing to do these episodes, this shit got me fired up in an emotional way, but then it also got me like, bro, I got to do something. Because Mm -hmm. the greatest danger to Black people is their disconnection from the past. And the fact that we keep allowing history to be repeated. So many of our Black people out here are conditioned to believe and accept our current circumstances and not realize that we come from greatness. Like Jules said, we come from kings and queens. Mm-hmm. We've had mm-hmm. riches. We were mm-hmm. millionaires in the 1800s, but history does not yes, tell sir. you about that. I am not with the defeated attitude. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a competitive person. I want to win. Yes, sir. I know you. I like to also give back and help people. And if I see somebody next to me, I'm pulling them up with me, bro. Let's roll, right? That just was in my in my heart. I just wanted to get that out, but I think that the time is now. You look at 2020 and what this year has done for us, the time is now. We need to do more, and we need to do better.
0: Dude, I can't I can't I, dude. I, all that you said I echo. All that you said I echo. It's like I said, if we're not going to take care of each other, nobody else will. And it's time. Like you said, 20 2020 going to 2021. All right, like you said, we got a new president office, a black female vice president. So you can't tell me things can't not be done. It can. We got to put the work in. We got to put the legwork. Like you said, we can't hate on each other. We got to unify. We got to help each other. We can't just say, I got minds. Forget you. No, we got to pull each other up. Right here, this Greenwood district shows you this is the blueprint. Damn it, this is the blueprint. Because not only they did it once O.W. Gurley came in, and one person came in and had a vision. One person right. had a vision. And it started off right. that vision. Without vision, you'll fade in your past without vision. So he had a vision. He came in and he bought land and he put stuff on that land. And he gave it it. He had other people come in. And that's how you get this, this ball rolling. If they can do it then, we damn sure can do it now. Absolutely. Because and, and then also, and then also when it went down the first time, they rebuilt.
1: Right. Now, it wasn't as successful and and prosperous, but they did rebuild it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like getting into a car accident. Ain't no sense of rebuilding that thing. Because Oh,
1: Gurley and those guys that did this stuff, they didn't have the Mm -hmm. resources at their disposal that we have. We have. Information right now. At our fingertips. (laughs) I'm just saying, bro. We have the resources to put our minds together, bro, because- you got to think about this, man. The type of people that you have in your network, Jules, the type of people that I have in my network, we got to all start working together, man, and coming together and trying to build some things with each other, right? Use our. It, it, you have different experiences that you bring to the table that I can bring to the table, but then you got cats that you kick it with that, like, they may bring something to the table then we can all sit down mm-hmm. and we can do something and we can build something. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Because we need to take back what's ours. I'm sorry, but... It's time for us to do something. And talk is cheap. And I've said on this episode, and I'm going to continue to keep saying that on these episodes, but we need to take back our communities and make our communities great. Because a lot of what people say about our communities, they tell us that we're trash. They tell us that we're the cause of the problem. But guess what? I come from those communities. I remember what those communities were like. I'm still in those communities right now, mentoring Mm -hmm. and doing work. Mm -hmm. There's more to the story than what's getting told. And we, as black people, have to stop accepting what people tell us about ourselves because we are better than what they try to position. We're poisoned as a race. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of talking and, and, and helping these kids that don't see the greatness in themselves because they have been beat over the head and told that they're trash. They're told that they're nothing because the media will sit here and say this and this about the communities that they grew up in. And they don't see the opportunity. They think that the only way they can get out is if they have to rap or play a goddamn sport. Mm -hmm. That's not the only way that you can make an impact in this world. We need to start lifting these kids up and show them the way. This shit matters to us. I want to see more and I want to see better for everyone. But I want to see better for my people. That's not asking for too much. There's enough of the pie to go around. Everybody should be able to get some of it. It's time for us to get some of that fucking pie back. That was taken. From us. I want to take, take back what was ours. That's all I got, Jules. Man, bro, brother,
0: I I don't have nothing else to say, man. You said it my full, man. You said it my full. Everything you said, I, I concur, man. I agree. It's time for us to stand up, take back what is ours. Take yeah, back and, what is and ours and, and dare I anybody and dare anybody come at us and say we can't have it.
1: We need to put ourselves in that position where they can't do that to us. To your point that you made about the, the Greenwood Bank with killer Mike, right? Well, mm-hmm. guess what? We need to mobilize. We need to put our minds together. Take all of the information and knowledge that we have at our disposal, and put a plan together and execute on that plan. Because mm-hmm. we know that we can build. We've shown that history has shown that we know that we can overcome. We know that we can do these things. We just have to get back to who we are and who we were. That that that's just all I can. I can't say it any more clear than that. Anybody that's listening to this podcast. No. Whether whether you're African American or whether you're an ally or whatever the case, we just want people to realize that we see so much greatness, not only within ourselves, but for our communities. Because guess what? We've shown that in our past and our history. (laughs) So I just think that there's a lot that we could do better. And I really hope that going forward, individuals have taken a look at 2020 and what this year has been and really start to take some mental inventory. Of what they can do to change things and to move the deal.
0: You know, I think it is. And you know what? Already been begun, uh, beginning. you know, uh, a lot of people are doing things that they haven't been doing. When the last time, you know what I'm saying? You know, MJ's doing what he's doing. You know, LeBron's right. doing what he's doing. You got people, Megan Thee Stallion, she's doing what she's doing, uh, promoting, giving uh, females chances to go to college. You know, more and more people, like I said, more and more people, they're gonna see this and people gonna jump on that bandwagon. Hey, what can I do? And we have police we have people in positions and with the means to, to do it, to help each other. We just gotta bring each other up. If somebody don't know, we educate them. Right. That's it. A little bit of education goes a long way. And that's a little bit. Like you say, everything's at our disposal. We have research, you know what I'm saying? We have people that's in place that can that can help out. Now it's just time for everybody to get this plan in action and execute. It's time. So pretty much it's it's time. I know in in yeah. Stuff that happened back in the day, we talk about it, but then there's no action followed behind it. So now it's time. Okay, it's time for some action. Talking shit, mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it's time. And I, I can't, I can't say it any better than that. Jules, this was a great episode, man. Uh, I hope that we gave listeners. I hope we gave listeners something to think about when we told you we guys were coming back in season two that this podcast was going to come back and we were going to give you guys thought-provoking conversations. And I hope that this is a, a, a discussion whether you agree with everything we said. That's not the point. The point is this is for you to understand our viewpoint on this and history and maybe for you to educate yourself and maybe you learn more, right? And so that's our challenge for any of the listeners of this episode. If you didn't know a lot about what's going on, what happened with Black Wall Street and the Greenwood District, read up on it educate yourself. If you got a few viewpoints on it, reach out to us. We always are willing to have dialogue with our listeners. You guys know our Twitter account. You know our Instagram account. Reach out to us. We want to know what you guys feel. We want to know that there's people that are in this fight with us. Because as Jules said, one person's not going to change this stuff, but can you imagine if hundreds or, or thousands of people had that same type of mindset, Of the people that he brought up. I think you might have a greater chance for things to maybe move in the right direction. But as long as people sit back and say, well, my one little thing that I'm going to do is not going to change anything. Well, that's the attitude that keeps us in this place right now. That's when nothing gets accomplished. We can't do that. So with that being said, man, Jules, hit him with that curtain call, brother. Okay, this curtain
0: call goes out to LeBron James. We have been vocal on this show regarding the MJ versus LeBron debate really ain't no debate. But this curtain call goes beyond the basketball court. LeBron has been putting in serious work off the court and in the community. We all know that he opened up the I Promise School in Akron back in 2018 that focused on helping at-risk children. Most recently, we have seen LeBron set up a voters' right group to help Florida's ex-felons who owed fines and fees register to vote. The belief of this group is that your right to vote shouldn't depend upon whether or not You can pay to exercise it. You know, LeBron, you may not be the GOAT on the basketball court, but that's all right. But you're one of the GOATs that's helping out Black agenda, Black excellent, Black pride, everything else that's Black. We on Pull Back the Curtain podcast, appreciate you, brother, and keep up the good work. Thank you.
1: That's a great Curtain call, Jules. Salute, LeBron. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, stitcher google podcast and deezer we appreciate your continued support of this podcast without you we wouldn't be we're the pulling back the curtain podcast thanks for listening peace